Who you calling crazy? Welcome to Who You Calling Crazy. This is a unique mental health podcast. We are erasing the stigma and elevating and normalizing dialogue around mental health. Of course, we'll be sharing practical therapy tips, but most importantly, we'll be diving into the stories and vulnerability of people you know or want to know. I'm your host, Juliette Cunley. Abigail Glenn. I am currently working as a bookseller. So I'm the owner and founder of Shell's Bookstore. Um, We're an online and pop-up bookstore based here in Charlotte, North Carolina, where we are a general interest bookstore, which simply means that we sell books by everyone, by, you know, various genres. So we don't have a special niche. Um, We, you know, we can get just about any book um, that a customer wants. And we definitely you know, shelve about any book a customer wants mm-hmm. on our website, um, just because of the way our business model currently is. So yeah, we're out here selling um, books, we carry bookish apparel, sweatshirts and t shirts and journals. Um, and again, we pop up around different places in Mecklenburg County. Primarily, we try to uh, stick with uh, places that are in alignment with a book selling vibe, mostly coffee shops. Um, and we're lucky enough to partner with two other small businesses that have a coffee shop here in Mecklenburg County, and that's Enderly and uh, Midhill Roasting. Company, so yeah, that's how we are doing business currently. I love it, and I had never seen a model like that until I came across you guys last year. Really? But, yeah, I know. And I was just like, "This is brilliant." So, how did you how did you land in that? So, I had every intention of always starting a bookstore. Um, my vision for it originally was for a brick and mortar, um, and. I intended on saving and being able to essentially squirrel away money um, for this endeavor when I was dreaming about it back when I used to um, work in human resources. Um, When 2019 started, I was anticipating a um, promotion at my job at the time. um, And I did get the promotion as far as the title change, um, which was uh, something more aligned with the work I was actually doing. Um, but I didn't get the pay increase that I wanted. Um, And so, you know, initially when that conversation happened, I was kind of thinking about, well, really planning to just continue to stick with the company um, because I played a vital role there. Um, Things got crazy. My position there um, was, as I said, really really vital to the company. So I was in the mix of everything. Um, And it was very stressful, um, but I kept talking myself into it, even though Mm -hmm. like I would go home and be like, oh my gosh, like I've never um, been so anxious about what's going on at work that I can't sleep. Mm. So, but I kept, again, talking myself out of leaving. um, And thankfully, um, you know, I'm a woman of faith. The Holy Spirit kept talking to me differently. Mm -hmm. And so eventually um, I did resign uh, a few, I think there was the it was the fourth month into 2019. So that would have been April. And I gave them plenty of notice because I knew it would leave a gap in the company. And at the time, my initial plan was to just find another HR job. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, shelves was always in my future plans, but my plan for it was a brick and mortar. And I knew I didn't have capital for a brick and mortar. And uh, when I was sharing um, with a girlfriend of mine, as I was in transition, um, you know, leaving my job, I had told her, you know, oh, you know, I still have my vision for my bookstore. And she suggested, why not I try a pop-up? 
Mm. And that's how, um, you know, I got the idea to start the pop-up thing. So I literally um, decided to do away with planning to uh, get another HR job. And I just went straight into planning to launch shelves as a um, pop-up. So yeah, the transition turned into from transitioning, initially planning to transition from one HR job to another. I ended up midway in that transition saying, you know what, I'm going to not do the HR thing anymore. And I'm going to transition into trying to launch a, um, a, my business as a pop-up bookstore. So yeah, I took advantage of a, um, in doing my research, I took advantage of a free small business workshop that the, um, was it? I think it's the, yeah, the Sugar Creek, mm-hmm. the Sugar Creek Library Branch was hosting. And again, never heard of the organization that was leading it, but they're called Aspire Community Capital. Lo and behold, I was the only person that ended up showing up for their um, small business workshop. This is wow. a free workshop. It's a um, day-long workshop. They provided food and all types mm-hmm. of, type of stuff. And I was the only person. So I got one-on-one attention. Yes. They even had other entrepreneurs um, in Charlotte come at the end of the session to go over and give me tips on based on my plan for oh show. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it worked out. Um, and I again, I still had plenty more research to do. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually, after I made that decision to launch shelves, started um, going to these workshops, I uh, left my last day at my job was like that very first Friday in June. Mm-hmm. And then I launched shelves two weeks later at Queen City Grounds in Uptown. Yes. It's such a, a commentary on how fear And those limiting beliefs can hold us back, you know, making Mm -hmm. that, making that jump but that that you were then open to receiving though, you know, the message that, okay, this is time. Now I'm ready. I trust the process. I trust you. Let's do this. Yeah. That's exactly, um, really what happened. And to be quite honest with you, it really, you know, in hindsight, it really was my process since I moved to Charlotte. So of like, let's see what happens. Um, because I moved down here on a let's see what happens, not having a plan okay. at all, not a job plan, not a business plan, just like let's Ugh. see what happens. Um, you That's know, so brave. Um, yeah. And I came so it was while it was scary because uh I would say leaving my job wasn't scary. The scary part um, was just like leaving it again and then not having anything lined up. And I knew it didn't have to be that way because Mm -hmm. when I first moved to Charlotte, I knew I wanted to move here and I knew that things would be okay. Just something in me was like, you know, you don't need a job to go. You have plenty of um, enough money to survive for at least about three months. um, So it'll be okay. In Mm -hmm. this case, I think the scariest part for me was like knowing that I wasn't going to leave Charlotte, but that I was leaving a steady check and I wasn't sure when the Mm -hmm. next one was going to come. But still, Mm -hmm. the experience of having done an entire um, relocation gave me the confidence that it'll work out. Again, at the time when I put in the resignation notice, my intention was to find another HR gig and I was getting interviews, Mm -hmm. but I had no idea that that was what um, God was trying to do to get me to do this next thing. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. I, I had no like, so I, I didn't put the resignation notice in with the intention of shelves. I put it in like, it's time for me to go. I've done my time here and I'll, I'll go somewhere else and contribute to this other place. I had no intention. I didn't know that. Oh no, God was trying mm-hmm. to get me out of HR altogether. 
and finally get me to launch this vision. But again, the, I didn't even launch it in the way I planned. That's, yeah. you know, shelves was not, I had the name for shelves a year before um, we ever went into business, but I never intended, I never had the idea for it to be a pop-up bookstore. Okay. Never. Like a part of my dreams for it, owning a physical store was to do book fairs at school. And when I was sharing with my girlfriend, all these dreams I had for it, Hmm. I don't know if me telling her the book fair part is what said, Uh. what prompted her to say, oh, pop-up, you should try pop-up. I don't know. But either way, it was all aligned. And she really, yeah, her just saying it was just like, oh yeah, why not? Why not try it? And I didn't, I didn't have any idea. Again, that wasn't how I envisioned it. I never, so I literally still was working from scratch because it was like, yeah, when I thought about this thing, I never planned on like having to buy (laughs) a six foot long table, um, reach out to different small businesses and set up shop there. Like I never intended on that. So I still had a lot of learning to do, um, but I did it. And once I got that one opportunity, Mm -hmm. when when Queen City Grounds agreed to host me, um, it was again, very encouraging. And, but I also was like, oh my gosh, like, okay, if, if they host me, okay, um, I need to get somebody else to host me. Oh my gosh, how's the whole, like, uh, how am I going to set paint? It was a lot of things, but yes. I just kind of took it like week by week. I did plan out my pop-ups um, as far in advance as possible, but with with each new pop-up, it was a new experience. So here I am a little too, over two years in, and I know a lot more about, I have, I have a, a lot more knowledge about um, the pop-up experience than I did when I started. So sure. I'm, I'm actually more picky too on where we go because I can be now um, because I've learned so much about that experience. But yeah, this was never the intention. Never. I'm even surprised I'm selling online. I just said that to somebody the other day. (laughs) I'm I'm not even an online shopper. And like I am selling online actively too. So isn't that such the nature of entrepreneurship though? Like the flexibility and the pivoting and like just being able to like be open to new ideas and roll with it. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's, it's a couple of things. Sometimes it's not even because I would have, so everybody goes into entrepreneurship for their own reasons. And believe it or not, I do think that there is this, um, uh, this thought that like everybody who does entrepreneurship is like creative and they're open. Mm -hmm. They're not. Sometimes your business pushes you in that direction. That's right. Um, and, and being friends with other small business owners now and, and having the insight I have now, and I still have a lot more to learn. You realize like now I even understand how some businesses can go under outside of them just not making enough money yep. because you have it, it, it really, when it comes to running a business, you have to always try to stay nimble Yet without losing your vision, because that can happen too. when you end up becoming something that you never intended on becoming. And now you have strayed so far away from your initial core purpose or your um, plan for it that you are not even enjoying it and you're not doing um, you're not doing it the way you wanted to do it. So it really is kind of like, um, I don't know if the appropriate phrase would be a catch 22, but you really have to have wisdom because 
you could be watching, the times can be telling you like, well, everybody's doing this with this type of business, Mm -hmm. but you have to still make sure that is going to be appropriate for how you do business Mm -hmm. and and for you and your lifestyle. Because at the end of the day, what you also hear a lot of people think is entrepreneurship is so freeing because Mm -hmm. you get to control your schedule, but you also want to be careful not to um, start doing something that prevents you from having the lifestyle that you aim to have and why you went into entrepreneurship. So if you're talking about freedom, you don't want to end up doing something that is snatching away from um, taking away your freedom more mm-hmm. than it did for working for someone. I've seen that happen to people too. For sure. Yeah. Cause yeah, it is, you're always on when you're running a small business. That's right. I can't, I can't speak for a large corporation because I don't know what it's like to run a large corporation. But when you run a small business, you're constantly you you there is a, uh, a there is a kind of you're always working thing. Yes. It's um, real hard to turn it off. It's yes. Yes. You're always working. You're always like, you know, I even find myself like I could be like, let's sitting down, let's say watching TV. And then I'm like, okay, I could take a look at some stuff on the website. I can take like, uh-huh, it, uh-huh. it's the always, you know, working type of thing. And, um, you definitely have to set boundaries, but I'm just saying you, you don't want to, um, end up, um, uh, pivoting your business in a way that the little mm-hmm. freedom you already was giving yourself, you've now completely washed that away because now you're like, I'm trying to keep up. I'm right. trying to keep up with what everybody's doing. It's like, yeah. sometimes it's just best to ride. Um, I don't mm-hmm. even want to say sometimes, but I just think it's important to remember to ride your wave. That's right. And um, not be and, led astray from your values. Yeah. That's also what I hear and, in that. Yeah. And, and not be, so, and be afraid of the wave being low. Cause I, I understand that. Like, Mm-hmm. You you know you could really go through business and not be sure how you guys are going to make money this month. That's, that's a right. real thing. And that's when right. you're living off of your revenue, mm-hmm. that's a that's a real thing. Like most entrepreneurs I know want to live off of, be able to make enough money in their business or businesses to live off of it. They're not trying. Sure. Yeah, you know, in the beginning you may be working for somebody else and trying to get your business built up, but. At some point, the goal is to make enough of a profit that you can live off of your business or businesses. So it it can feel scary when, you know, let's say, again, we're, we're going to use the analogy of a wave. If mm-hmm. your wave is not as high this month, for whatever reason, you don't know why you're still doing the same things you've always been doing, providing great customer service, a great product. You don't know why. And now you're like, man, I'm not even sure, like, how mm-hmm. we're going to make money this month. Like, that also can tempt you to start doing something that you sure. don't do. Um, so it's so I just tell I try to encourage people to really just honor the process. Um, really, that's it. Like honor the process. You're not the first business to have ups and downs. They're actually businesses that are that's their model. They don't they don't make money during certain seasons. So mm-hmm. they steal all their money away during their peak season. That's it's okay. You know, you just have to be consistent and um you just have to make sure you're delivering a great product or service depending on what your business is. So That's yeah, right. I mean so how does this perfect. how does this all fit in with your the context of your mental health journey? Kind of whatever you're willing to share with us around that. Yeah, well, I mean for me, um personally speaking, um 
everything for me, because my business was um, started on faith, I have to lean on the thing that got me started on it. Like that's like, you know, as I said, my entire journey, even getting to Charlotte was built on faith. Like, you know, that I truly um, felt and, and believe, I don't even want to say felt, but just got like a, uh, like a nudge that Charlotte was where I was supposed to be. So when I got here, I had to trust that, okay, God, if this is where you want me to be at, you got to work it out. Okay. It worked out. I got a job. Then when I kept getting that, um, gnawing, uh, you know, when I was with the mm-hmm. unrest that was going on at my job and wanting to stay, despite feeling slighted with the pay, um, concerning the promotions, but still wanted to stay. I having to to honor that nudge eventually and then leave, get um uh, have the strength to put in the resignation. Not mm-hmm. only that, have the courage to pivot in the middle of that transition and say, okay, well, I'm not gonna do next what I thought I was gonna do. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do this thing that I don't know how to do. Um, I really lean on my faith. I mean, I I mm-hmm you know, try to make it a habit. I'm not always great at it. Um, Really taking time to pray every day. Um, That doesn't always happen like this. I don't want somebody Mm -hmm. to hear that and be like, oh my gosh, like, but I do try to be intentional about praying daily. Um, I do open my Bible, try to be intentional about that. And I do try to journal. Um, Those are very important to me. Um, You know, if, if it, if it, bothers anybody that's like man like this girl you know I'm a believer like that's the only reason why I'm here where I'm at like because business can really 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 um life in general but um but business can really really um uh drive you to the crazy house mm-hmm. um because it, it it's uh you don't you don't know what you're doing um a lot of times you're trying your best a lot of times but you cannot control whether or not someone chooses to do um someone chooses to do business with you or buy from you like you just can't control that so much out of your control yes it's out of your control so people can sit here all day there's so many coaches online where people are telling people oh you got to do x y and z it really isn't like that like i tell people it, it it's not for most businesses you know you could be putting like i heard somebody the other day um this this uh relationship coach I um, have been listening to for years. It's been almost a decade. And he was saying like, you know, we're living in the times of content wars. Mm. Like, so, you know, everybody's putting out this, like trying to think about content, content, content. And that alone for a small business can be incredibly intimidating and exhausting because I, I would sit on, sometimes I sit on these, um, professional, um, uh, these calls with our professional association, the American booksellers association. Mm -hmm. And you hear some of these bookstore owners share, like, they don't know, like they're struggling with social media, like they're, you know, they want to be able to keep up, but they really just want to sell books. Like, all of these things, like, you know, especially if you're already maybe struggling to um, make a sale, that can mess with you mentally. I it know. can mess with you mentally because you cannot control, you, you. we have no control over who sees our post on social media. So you can make, you could think that the, the, the real you just created on Instagram was about to be the, the next viral thing, the next TikTok video. You, you mm-hmm. just were sure that it was going to go viral and it doesn't. 
Mm-hmm. And it may not even translate into a cell, that's you know, right. and that stuff can mess with your, like your, your outlook on your ability to thrive in business. It can really mess with it. So for me, it's, it's very important that I constantly invite God into the process because I already know that like life is uncertain. I already know that beyond business. So Instead of getting bent out of shape or anxious and fearful of the uncertainty, I step back and say, I believe that there is one God who controls all things and that God loves me and that he wants me to thrive. So let me come to this being that I believe wants me to thrive and say, hey, you know, I can't control this part of the business in my life. Can you step in and help me? And just saying that alone is mm-hmm. helps relieve me because it's like I take the mantle off. I don't have to carry it anymore. I've already now passed it off to someone else who's like, who can see everything. And that's helpful. Very helpful for me. Yeah. Very helpful. So that's really what I've been doing. Um yeah. In yes. addition to journaling, in addition yeah. to in addition to journaling and writing my thoughts out, and um, yeah, so is writing and 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 reading are those you know escapes things. for you? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Tell me about like that love of reading and where that came from because I I know that that can be really cathartic and escapism sometimes. Or yeah, what is it for you? Um, I think reading for me is. Because I always tell people, like, I'm definitely not, like, one of those polished, like, in the protagonist. (laughs) Um, Reading for me is just pure, like, the the enjoying the art of storytelling. Mm. I... I, that's one of the reasons why I enjoy running a general interest bookstore because I don't take I take reading seriously enough that um, I make sure I read books plural throughout the year. Yet I also value reading enough that I'm willing to read um, a diverse range of storytellers. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like, I only read science fiction. Mm-hmm. I only read contemporary or historic. I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has allowed me to actually like to me, um, uh, you know, do well so far in um, Charlotte and with our supporters, because yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there are some people who may, who may decide in and of themselves, they're only going to buy certain books from me. I mean, I'm pretty sure there might be people who may think of me only when they're like, let me buy a black author. Mm-hmm. That's okay. If that's how they think, that's how they think. Mm-hmm. But at the same, at the end of the day, we carry books by all authors, a lot of authors, like, because that's how I read. I am, I enjoy the art of storytelling. So I appreciate reading books by authors who are international art authors as it relates to, you know, compared to America, we're in America. So anybody's who's international, Mm -hmm. um, women and men, um, you know, uh, uh, black authors, white authors, I'm reading a book by an Indian author. Um, Mm -hmm. he's actually, joining us for a virtual event for our subscription members, oh, cool. um, Latinx, you know, um, LGBTQ. And it's not a matter of like, you know, oh, I, I, I'm reading these books because I'm trying to somehow check off a box. I don't even think like that. Like yeah. I enjoy the art of storytelling and I understand that the world doesn't revolve around one type of story. Oh, that's beautiful. Like, it, when you, 
when you when you only expose yourself so don't get me wrong it doesn't mean you don't have to know that something's not good by doing something not good i i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the fact that you can still not do you could still choose to not engage in something that's harmful yet read a story about harmful things that have occurred in someone's life or during a period of time in a country or a state or a community i tell people because that actually can help it can help your world view and reinforce why you may not want to engage in certain type of behaviors because you read books where every time somebody thought they were the exception to the rule, they, you know, it, it blew up in their faces mm -hmm. in this way and that way and this. And it actually, for me, reading books by a um, diverse, uh, you know, a diverse range of authors mm -hmm. helps humanize everybody for me. Like I, it never makes, it helps prevent me from thinking that, oh, only these type of people go through this only these type, like it, it humanizes right. it and helps you understand that like we're all before we're anything else we're human oh yes so oh. that's really really that's it for me that's it I mean that's I, and I know that about your website and your pop-ups that it, it does feel like a really rich thoughtful representation of a wide array of authors and topics Yes. Yes. We're, we really believe that reading like our, we stand on like the fact that reading should be a part of your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. That's what we encourage. Like mm -hmm. it's not about the number of books you read per year. It's just about incorporating the art of reading, the joy of reading into your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And then the, on the other side of it, it touches back on what I just said, which is Reading is freedom because it can free you from the confines of mm. thinking that you are the only one to experience what you've experienced. You're the yep. only one or you, you're a part of the only group of people that it doesn't it doesn't do you. It stops you from doing that. It almost for me, I guess, is like something like, you know, that's in the Bible where it says nothing is new under the sun. That's what reading reminds me of. Nothing is new under the sun. You may want to tell yourself only us or mm -hmm. only me or only that. That's not true. If we're all like we're all humans and humans are all capable of doing the same good stuff and crazy stuff like that's how I think. So books really help. Again, it's just like a checks and balance for me. It helps remind me like, oh, yeah, like, OK, it's nice to know that I'm the only crazy one. Right. It normalizes so much of it. Normalizes. Yeah. And unites us. Uh, you know, that that quote, I reference this quote often of, I am human, therefore nothing human can be alien to me. So. I love that. Yeah. What are you most proud of? I think for me, I'm most proud of the fact that, and it's a couple of things, but I would say just this, the one thing I'm proud of, I'm proud of the fact that I went for it all. Mm. Like no one can take that from me. Mm -hmm. Like I went for it all. Like, you know, if I was to die tomorrow, like I actually will know that despite all the times I've been incredibly anxious, incredibly ridiculous, mm -hmm. incredibly angry, incredibly frustrated and incredibly like joyful and feeling mm -hmm. abundant and at peace, all these, those different moments that I went for it all. Mm -hmm. I could have never saw 
everything that has happened. I could have never saw it back when I was starting it. Mm -hmm. If I would have never experienced it, if I never had said like, all right, God, let's try it. Mm -hmm. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I'm headed, but something in me is telling me like, okay, this, 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 the next move. Yeah. And and that, that, and honoring it. Right. Allowing that surrender. Complete. So, cause I view life as a life as a series of events and moments. You can, it, there's nothing any of us can do that is going to make you exempt from hardship. That's going to make you exempt from trouble, frustration, like uh, grief, mm-hmm. illness. There's nothing any of us can do. Nothing. You can, there's no amount of good you can do that makes you exempt, Mm-mm. right? We all are subject to the same human experiences. But what we can do is when those moments come, those events happen, you can be so surrendered to the fact that, you know, these things are going to happen. But for me, I'm so surrendered that I know regardless that troubles don't mean that God is absent, that I can get through it. That I literally remind myself of that every day, like grief, anxiousness, fear does not mean the absence of God in my my life. It doesn't mean that God is no longer looking at me like I'm done with you now. Mm -hmm. I don't think like that. It doesn't mean there is an absence of like all the good things that ever happened are now like long and gone. Yes. These things are events, events happen in their moments. And it's how you respond to these events in these moments. And if, if you can, it doesn't mean you don't acknowledge them, acknowledge them, but understand that they are, it's an event. Like mm-hmm. my leak till of Curlbox, like she said one day during, I think like at a live event she did about a month ago, failure is just an event. It -hmm. is just that. It's Mm -hmm. nothing more. You tell, if if you're not careful, you allow these things to tell you that that's the end of like you and it's not. Define you, yeah. Yeah, we're we're living in moments and seasons and events. Like, depends. Sometimes when you're talking to me, I may call it an event. Sometimes when you talk to me, I may say it's a season. Sometimes you're talking to me, I may say it's a moment. It's all the same things. They're temporary. That's right. There's a lot of freedom in that fluidity. (laughs) That's it. So just for me, I'm proud that despite every moment, event, and season that I've experienced that has not been pleasant, that I still kept going and and and, and trusting God and saying we we're gonna figure this thing out. It 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 has to work, mm-hmm. right? It has to work, and it may not work the way I think it should. I'm just saying, like it has to work, and I think that alone is is what has helped me maintain a sound mind. Mm-hmm. Because although I I have not um, always been like happy. I'm not even 100% happy now. I have a sound mind and I still appreciate all the good things that have and will continue to happen. And I still respect the not so great things because I understand that it's all just a part of the process. And I just have to keep going until there comes a time, if we're talking about shelves in particular, if shelves decides to go under, if everything goes under at the end of the year, 
That's not going to break me. Mm. It just, it will not. It will be sad. It will be unfortunate. But guess what? It's not the first time I've experienced a transition. It's just a matter of, okay, see it, you acknowledge it, you honor it, and you got to move forward from it and, and take something away from it. I, I tell people, don't leave these seasons and chapters in your life and you want you to learn something. Even if you want to leave it, learn something from it. Don't sit there and say, well, it just was so... I just was not expecting it. Not, you can't, we never know what any day is going to bring. Like, you mm-hmm. just never know. No one could have foresaw COVID. No one. No one. No one could have foresaw COVID. None of us. No, everybody was, it was to the point that we all were in disbelief about it until they said, oh, yeah, the, the state is going to be on quarantine. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's going to, like, and we were all in disbelief about it. So surreal. And yet for some people, my business included, that I became fruitful in a yes. season that from the looks of it, we and you know, everybody was scrambling to figure out what they oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Yet some people, some people came out of it fruitful. Some of us yes. are going through it through it and still if if so if you're only if you're if you get lost. Of on um, if you get lost about a thing because you keep staring at how big it is instead of just embracing it and being like, man, this thing, cool, this thing sucks, but I mean, got to go through it, and you go through it, and you honor, you never know what can come out of it just by simply saying, I, I see it, I acknowledge it, and I just gotta honor it and make do with it and navigate through it. That's it. That's that radical acceptance of it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, and I hear this thread for you of anxiety has been a part of your story and you have learned how to not have it be an either or. Okay. It's there. And I recognize that my work is to learn to tolerate that inevitable discomfort and still keep it moving. Literally, you summed it right up. Yeah. I will sometimes go to bed and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, <laughs> can I get through tomorrow based mm-hmm. on all the craziness I experienced today? And then, because I'm not going to pretend with anybody, I've told people sometimes you wake up not in a good mood. You can wake up, and this is for anybody who is, I would say, just like a believer, because I want somebody to hear this. You can have prayed and surrendered everything to God the night before and literally was found yourself on your knees and and when you went to bed you felt better but you could still wake up in the morning thinking about the thing that you just surrendered last night and it can feel heavy it may not feel as heavy as the day before but you could still feel the weight of it i mean i'm telling you right now repeat the same steps you did the night before you're gonna have to repeat it that morning it is life like we are I believe I have a spirit that is in me. I'm a spirit first. I believe that God is in me and operating as a spirit, but I also have a soul. My emotions, my emotions, my mind, and my and and, and just my feelings about things that mm-hmm. can play tricks on me, right? Your your feelings can tell you a whole host of things because I tell people your feelings are triggers, they're signals, but they are not facts. Sometimes That's your it. feelings can be signaling you that, oh, you need to look into that more. Oh, you need to, um, you know, uh, you need to check on that because there might be something wrong. Oh, that may not look 
the way you think it does. It could just be a signal, but it doesn't mean that what you feel is actually a fact of what is going on. I tell people, again, shout out to my Till again, because I remember her saying this over uh, about almost a decade ago. Like, your feelings aren't facts. Mm-hmm. I'll take it a step further and tell people, because of that, because of that, you need to um, do the work of searching through those feelings and making sure you kind of filter them to see what's really going on. Honor them. Your feelings are important. They are valid. They're there. They serve a purpose. But you you can't just take them. I don't recommend anybody just taking it and saying, well, mm-hmm. I felt this way. You did no work to source through the feelings, to check further what, they, what it was trying to show you or a signal. Instead, you just took it at face value. Well, I'm mad, I'm mad. Mm-hmm. I'm sad, I'm sad. I'm... Do the work. Sometimes mm-hmm. there is something else that is at the root that if you your feelings are trying to signal to you, like, uh, this is what's really the problem here. I'm just trying, the feelings are just trying to signal you, like, look into this a little bit more. So it looked deeper, but we sometimes we don't want to do that. And sometimes we don't want to do that because we don't like to deal with the real issue. Of course, of course. But you are speaking my language. I say this to clients all the time about emotions are data, not directives. And I also love your encouragement though, of figuring out how to acknowledge and honor it and be curious about it, but not just react from it. That's it. That's it. I tell people like, I'm a curious person. Mm-hmm. When people ask me like, oh, I said, I'm just, I'm a curious person. And I said, journaling, mm-hmm. um, I was just sharing this with some uh, entrepreneurial friends the other day that I have a, a small group of women that I chat with every month who are small business owners. And I was telling them, I said, you know, for me, like one of the ladies was saying she wish she wants to journal more because she was asking us about just our self-care methods. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I said, you know, for me, journaling, I've asked our audience on social media, do people journal? Mm-hmm. And when those, when people tell me they don't, when I would ask why, people would say that they feel like they don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. I tell people, the way I journal, journaling for me is a, a form of study in my life. It is not to capture mm-hmm. how I'm feeling d- that day and write down, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, this is what I did today. It's not a, it's, I'm not tracking my behaviors. Mm-hmm. I am tracking what my potential thought process was. Where was my mind on this day? Sometimes that comes out in the form of me quoting something I've read in a book. Yes. Sometimes that's quoting something I've heard. Sometimes that's um, writing a, a free thought. Oh, you know, one sentence. Oh, I, you know, exactly. I'm thinking this, blah, 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 blah. And I said, I go back and I study my journals because if I'm, if, for example, if I was feeling indifferent today, like really indifferent to the point that I felt like it was a little bit crippling, mm-hmm. what I'll sometimes do is go back to an old journal from a few years ago and look for that date in the journal or a date around that to see how I was feeling then. Oh, that's cool. I tell people, I don't throw my journals away. I keep all yeah. of my journals stacked up and that is what I do. That's I love like, that. I knew that I was, a um, when, when the pandemic was really at its peak and I wasn't journaling as much because I was also trying to balance the, 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 the profitability we were experiencing for the first time in this big way. 
I knew that I was doing a disservice to myself that even though I was honoring the blessing I got as a result of the uh, shelves being profitable, I knew that I was still hurting myself spiritually by not taking the time to do my journaling. And so I made sure that that didn't last for more than like, you know, a year that long, those long um, periods of inconsistency, because it really started for me when the business took off last summer. Like I was so busy and trying to keep my head above water with orders and understanding it and then releasing new products and all these things that I remember this spring I had, um, I was feeling I was feeling the weight of unhappiness, mm-hmm. not, and it had nothing to do with shelves. It had, it was all to do with the fact that I had forsaken, I had forsaken the tools that I keep in my back pocket to make sure spiritually yes. I'm always in a good place. But again, because I have spent so many years doing this work, I also, when I found myself falling down this rabbit hole, I also knew what I had to do to climb out of it. That's it. I love that you found your way back to it. That's it. You found your way back to it. And people are super intimidated by journaling a lot. And so again, I love this permission that you have found to turn it into what you need it to be. That some days it's just one line. Maybe it's just a, a one word. Maybe it's stream of consciousness. Maybe it's a letter to someone, whatever. And then you have permission to do with it what you want to. You can go back and look at it, which I think is awesome. And we can recognize thought patterns and all that. Or you don't have to ever look at it to. again. But that's the thing is like, use it for what you need. I love that permission. Yeah. And I, and I try to encourage people like, I think we take ourselves so like, uh-huh. you know, and I know it's personality differences. And I'm sure as a therapist, like you can speak more to this. Like I tell people, and I, and I, know, I know for me at the end of the day, it's, it's all about like your experiences and just what you are naturally inclined to based on your personality, right? Your experiences will dictate how you approach certain things, because if you've sure. had traumatic experiences or good experiences, again, you may be like, oh, that's for me. Oh, no, that's for me. It, it depends. Sure. But yeah. I do tell people one thing that I think we should all work really, really, really hard to maintain is curiosity and to never stop being curious about yourself in the world. When you, when you surrender to the thought of, which I think is very harmful, this is how it's always going to be. It's it's always going to be this bad. It's always going to be this hard. It's Mm -hmm. always going to be this difficult. It's always, I said, you now have like prevented you now have even prevented yourself from seeing the good work that God can even do in you because you've already counted yourself out. You counted your family out. You counted your, you've counted yourself out. And I tell people like, if you try to, if you work, if you make it an effort to work to be curious about yourself and life as it, um, and life as it is and digging deeper, not being so deep that you just have to like, you know, oh, I spend my, all my days freedom. I said, I tell people just take your time to get to know you, take the, your time to get to know the world by way of books. I'm like, because you, you're not going to be able to meet every single person in the world, but you could get a book from anywhere. Yes. And a book, and people at the end of the day, people are telling their stories in a book, even if it's fiction, they're telling a portion of their story in that book. Yes. I tell people, you know, reading opens so many doors. Journaling is can be therapeutic simply from the fact that it can help you 
reel yourself back in when you have gone too far. Because I know what it's like to go too far, to talk down about mm-hmm. yourself and your circumstances so much so mm-hmm. that, you know, you'd be thinking like if someone heard it and I've done this, um, you know, with a, my best friend mm-hmm. that when she was hearing it, she, I remember she stopped me and she said, you're taking this too far. Mm. That's what you, you know, journaling can help with that. If you don't That's have right. a friend, somebody to talk you, you know, through it, talk you, if you, if you made a commitment to share all your thoughts, the good and the bad, and you have this, this book that you can refer back to, it can help you sometimes in those, those, those moments of crisis mentally, where you like, you know what? I didn't always feel. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe there's another way to look at this or yeah. 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 Different perspective. So that's I why I try it. to people with journaling, but people just overthink journaling. I don't know why. Uh-huh. But I love that. That's a, that's, that is a go-to self-care for you that yeah. and praying. And, um, I just, I mean, there have just been so many good nuggets. I'm over here taking notes too. I appreciate your openness and sharing part of your journey and what you've learned and just that the struggle is real. And you trust that you can figure out how to navigate it. Yes. Yes. And I tell people like, it's like the same way people view faith. Like, you know, it'll be like, it just wouldn't be, if, if God was real, there wouldn't be bad things in the world. And I'm like, it, it doesn't have to be either or you guys think about the beauty. Like I said, we all love free will until someone uses their free will in a way that we don't like. Right. You you love the, the the freedom that free will gives you until someone uses their free will in the way that you don't like. Mm-hmm. Now, now mm-hmm. you want to, you know, start uh uh again, we need to stop this or God can't be real. I tell people it doesn't have to be either. It doesn't have to be like either or it can be just both and mm-hmm. both. And so I say and do what I need to do to remind myself again, that like it's scripture says, you know, um, they'll, you, you will have trouble in the world, but take heart. I have already overcome the world. You don't have to stress about that. Like you will have trouble, but take comfort in the fact that like, again, for me, he's already overcoming. I don't need to stress about it. So when I see that things are like the crisis that's happening in Haiti. I can lament over that. I do. I lament and pray over what I've seen happen in Afghanistan. I lament and I pray when I see school shootings and like uh, meaningless deaths and crap. Like I pray and I lament over that. I don't have to then now as a result of it, take on an, a, fate, um, a, a pessimistic attitude to say like, if there was any good in the world, there would be any bad. I don't have to. When I literally say I have a savior and a shepherd, that's like, I've already told you, you're going to have trouble. You'll be okay. I've mm-hmm. already overcome it. And that helps just redirect me. That's mm-hmm. all it does is just redirect me to be like, like you know, Ed, it's going to be all right. Like, yes. it's, it's life. This is life. Yes. It's okay. It does not mean that there could be no good that can come out of things that there, it doesn't mean that. So don't allow your feelings to yes. put you to, to now, like, you know, go haywire and make you start thinking like, there's just no good left at all. Nothing good can happen for me. Nothing's good is going to happen for her. Don't, yes. you know? So that's literally like, um, yes. what I have been 
I've surrendered to and and what yes. I've been doing because I just don't know what what's going on half the time in the world <laughs> or in my business. And we don't, and we don't, and we don't. So, ah, uh, thank you. Last like crazy question. Do you have a favorite author? I do not. Some of the yeah. authors I love reading. Um, I would highly recommend. Um, I love uh, Taylor Jenkins Reid. Um, she, her most recent book, Malibu Rising, um, yep. which came out this summer. Um, I know it's a New York Times bestseller. I have, I haven't read it yet, but my okay. favorite book by her is, is it One True Love? Maybe in a, maybe in another life. Okay. Um, that's some um her older works before she came out with Daisy Jones and the Six and then yep, blew up. Yep. Oh yeah, and Evelyn, um, Evelyn Hugo, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. That's a really good book too. Yes. So. Um, maybe in another life and the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Those are my favorite Frederick, ba- um, Frederick Backman. He is, um, one of my absolute favorites. He's a Swedish author. He wrote a man called Ovi. Uh-huh. I've read all of his books. I love all of them. His most recent book, which came out last September, um, anxious people. I've read that. That's really good. I love everything yes. about him. I know that they did a mini series adaptation of his book, his novel bear town. I think it's on HBO. But his, I love him. Awesome. What's her name? Tayari. Uh-huh. Tayari Jones. She wrote American Marriage, American Marriage and Silver yeah. Sparrow. I, yes. l- I love them both. Silver Sparrow is my favorite. Yeah. I love it. Yes. And then just something else, just so people like what I've, the two books I had, not two books, three books I've loved this year. And this was each author's first. Um, Yvonne Orju, she plays Molly on Insecure. Um, her book, Bamboozle by Jesus, her memoir, it's amazing. It's one of the best books I've read this year. Another novel um, that I uh, love is called Bewilderness. It's by North Carolina author. Her name is um, Karen Tucker. Hmm. She It was her debut work. It came out in June. Loved it. And hmm. then lastly, most recently is Tarana Burke's uh, memoir, Unbound. Um, she yes, was the founder of the Me Too movement. Excellent read. So those are my three. Some, I, I, they're not my only favorite this year but those are three of my favorites from this year and as yeah. i said frederick backman is my man taylor jenkins reed um love her and i love tiari um jones i can't think of it oh yeah. oh oh and just so people know who's the other guy he wrote i can't remember his last name but he wrote um his two novels recursion blake something um blake uh-huh. something you guys would love like i love I absolutely love his book. Um, oh, here it is. Sorry. Um, She's got a whole stack of books behind her, y'all. Yes. Blake Crouch. Okay. He is also one of my favorite authors. He writes science fiction. Okay. So and I'm not like, I don't yep. read science fiction all the time, but Blake Crouch, he wrote Recursion is his most recent novel. And his, I think his debut novel is called Dark Matter, which I've read. I love them both. And okay. I know that Shonda Rhimes is turning recursion um oh. into a movie on Netflix. Love it. Y'all go to Shelves Bookstore. Yes, shelvesbookstore.com. We um as I said, we've got books for readers of all ages. If you ever come to our website and you cannot find a book that you want, um you are more than welcome to submit what we call a book recommendation through our site. 
of the book and the author, and we'll check to see if we can get it. And if we can, 99% of the time, we'll add it for you so that you could buy it from us. Um, We also sell gift cards because we know um, people like gifting those. We Mm -hmm. carry um, sweatshirts um, based on our signature line. We're running a sale on our Reading as a Lifestyle sweatshirts, and we um, sell t-shirts and journals. So Amazing. Thank you, Abby. I've loved this conversation. I feel very inspired and just um, honored to know you. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so glad we finally got the chat and just let me know anything else you need from me and want me to do here. Oh, so good. There were so many good nuggets in this episode with Abby and I apologize for the weird audio Zoom glitch during some of that, but um, it doesn't negate any of the wisdom that she shared with us. (laughs) One of the things I wanted to highlight was the idea of happiness. And we tend to think that this is the goal, right? That, and I, especially if I ask parents, you know, what do you want for your kids most? Uh, The answer really frequently is happiness. And what does that really mean? I want us to really think about what happiness is. Because what I think we mean is what Abby said, sound mind. And I think about that as, you know, emotional wellness, psychological flexibility, wonderful social and emotional skills, and that all of those things then yield fulfillment and value alignment and curiosity and the ability to hang with life and be resilient. So I just think it's really important to kind of hammer down into what happiness really means, because if we're saying to ourselves, that's the goal, and we're really tied to that outcome and this, this, this sort of standard we might have set up around that, it can be really elusive or even feel like we're not achieving it or, or we're failing or something like that. So as she talks about it as sound mind, think about what that really means to you. What does happiness truly encapsulate? And what does it look like? Uh, what are the things you can do that can lead you to some of that emotional wellness and fulfillment? Thanks for listening. So who you calling crazy? I think you mean human. We are removing the stigma, y'all. Say it loud and proud. Yep, I go to therapy. 